Good morning, everybody. You're tuning into the news and morning mixtape. It is Tuesday, July 11th, and I'm your host, Mariana Schwitze, reporting for CJRU, 12.80 a.m. in Toronto. And here are our top stories from today. Incoming Toronto Mayor Olivia Chow calls for review of Ontario's property assessment system to make sure everybody is paying their fair share. Interest rates expected to rise this week in Canada. And on international news, Turkey drops opposition to Sweden's NATO bid on the eve of the leader summit. And then we'll hear from Justina with her segment on good news. So with all this news, let's get started. Incoming Toronto Mayor Olivia Chow wants a review of Ontario's property assessment system after a Toronto Star investigation found that some of the city's most affordable homes are being overtaxed while many mansions are being undertaxed. Chow joins others asking for the same, including assessment industry insiders, opposition MPPs and homeowners, who are all seeking answers from the province and the Municipal Property Assessment Corporation, or the MPAC, which is the public-founded agency responsible for evaluating Ontario properties for tax purposes. Yesterday, Chow told reporters that the MPAC must make sure that everybody pays their fair share and do it in a just and fair way. According to the Toronto Star, an MPAC spokesperson said the agency's assessment process has already been extensively reviewed by several third-party evaluators. The spokesperson said, Their reports have been clear that the MPAC's process is both transparent and fair. They also added that the agency is eager to work with Toronto Mayor-elect Olivia Chow or any interested municipal leader to provide information on how properties are assessed and the difference between your MPAC assessment and your property tax bill. In addition, MPAC officials say they disagree with the Toronto Star's finding, saying they were based on a flawed methodology and added that the agency's work is impartial and accurate. Chow said the corporation needs to upgrade their data and reevaluate the formulas it uses to access a property's value. The Toronto Star analyzed sales and assessment data for nearly 12,000 Toronto residential properties that sold in 2016. They found that the MPAC assessed the most affordable homes at values higher than their sale price, more often than it overassessed the most expensive homes. Meanwhile, the MPAC more often assessed the most expensive homes at values lower than their sales prices. Still in Canadian news, economists say interest rates may hike this week. According to the Toronto Star, the Bank of Canada is widely forecast to raise its key overnight lending rate this Wednesday by another 25 basis points to 5% after surprising markets by restarting rate hikes last month. CIBC senior economist Andrew Granham said, What we've learned from the last rate hike is that the central bank would rather err on the side of doing too much to get inflation under control, knowing that they can, they can cut interest rates next year, rather than doing too little in the near term. Forecasters said this will be likely be the final hike of the cycle. However, there is still an, a risk of additional hikes in the future if necessary to battle stubborn inflation. According to the Toronto Star, last March, the Bank of Canada began an aggressive rate hike campaign in a bid to drive down inflation, which went as high as 8.1%. In several steps, the bank pushed its key overnight rate to 4.75% from 0 to 0.25%. After a short-lived pause in interest rate increases, the central bank's last hike in June brought the overnight rate to the highest level in 22 years. Following a string of economic data suggesting rate hikes weren't cooling the economy fast enough, 
The theory is that by making it more expensive to borrow money, consumers and businesses will spend less, driving prices down and slowing the economy. Now, on to international news. On the eve of the NATO Leaders' Summit, Turkey dropped opposition to Sweden's NATO bid. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan on Monday agreed to support Sweden's NATO bid, a last-minute reversal that came after a year of obstruction. The deal, announced Monday, does not confirm membership, but if Turkey and fellow holdout Hungary indeed ratify Sweden's accession, NATO will grow in membership, securing a major shift in European security in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg called it a historic day, expressing confidence that Erdogan would move quickly to have the Turkish legislature approve the ratification. U.S. President Joe Biden welcomed the news, saying he looks forward to welcoming Sweden as their 32nd NATO ally. According to the Washington Post, Sweden has a robust military and its entrance would add into the alliance's Nordic region strategy. Military planners say NATO's defenses will be significantly stronger as a result. On the eve of last summer's NATO summit, Erdogan had agreed, in theory, on a membership path for Finland and Sweden, though he later said that Sweden wasn't upholding its side of the bargain. In exchange for giving a green line to Sweden this time, Erdogan got the nation to agree to continue counterterrorism operation with Turkey. Sweden also said it would push inside the European Union to reduce trade barriers with Turkey and to make it easier for Turkish citizens to enter the EU. The joint news release said Sweden reiterates it would not support groups Turkey regards as terrorist entities, a key Erdogan demand, including a movement accused of trying to overthrow the government in 2016 and a Kurdish militia in Syria affiliated with Kurdistan's Workers' Party, which has fought a long insurgency against the Turkish government. According to the Washington Post, Erdogan's demands and his dramatic announcement ensured that Turkey remained at the center of the conversation as Western allies meet to discuss other critical issues related to Russia's invasion. The summit that starts today and gathers leaders from the 31 NATO nations will continue in the capital of Lithuania until tomorrow. Well, that was it for me today, and I'll leave you with Justina for some uplifting news. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this week's Good News segment. My name is Justina, and each week I'm going to be sharing a piece of uplifting news to add some positivity to your week. With temperatures on the rise making it feel more like summer, sunscreen should be an essential step to your daily skincare routine. According to the Canadian Cancer Society, exposure to UV rays raises your risk of developing both melanoma and non-melanoma skin cancers, as well as eye cancer and lip cancer. Incidence rates of melanoma in Canada are among the highest in the world. About 65% of melanoma cases are due to UV radiation. As skincare cancer continues to rise, a free sunscreen project started by a melanoma survivor is spreading to towns and cities across Canada. The project Save Your Skin Foundation is a national patient-led not-for-profit group dedicated to the fight against non-melanoma skin cancers, melanoma and ocular melanoma through nationwide education, advocacy, and awareness initiatives. Save Your Skin Foundation was founded by North Vancouver resident and melanoma survivor Kathleen Bernard in 2006 after she was diagnosed with stage 4 malignant melanoma. 
According to a global news report, the Save Your Skin Foundation has expanded a pilot project that provides a free public sunscreen dispenser to be made accessible in several communities across Canada. The dispensers act like a sanitizer unit and are automatic and touchless, providing free Health Canada-approved SPF to anyone who needs it. The bright yellow dispensers contain SPF 30 mineral sunscreen, free from common allergens and toxic ingredients. The free sunscreen program launched last year with municipalities installing dispensers as part of the project. A CBC article notes, when the project first launched, organizers wanted to make sure the dispensers would withstand the heat and remain fully effective. Preventative measures were taken to place the dispensers in shaded areas in order to ensure the sun will not damage the dispenser itself. The pilot project is now expected to expand into at least 60 communities across the country this summer, including New Westminster, British Columbia, Riverview, New Brunswick, as well as Westlock, Alberta. It is also being offered for free to municipalities wishing to take part. On the whole, increasing the availability and accessibility of sunscreen can greatly reduce the incidence of skin cancer in Canada, given that it is one of the most preventable and curable diseases. According to a global news report, Bernard says studies show most young people do not take sun safety seriously. This innovative project can help ensure everyone engages in sun safety outdoors. Well, I hope this encourages you to be more sun savvy as summer gets underway. I'm Justina reporting for CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. Thanks for listening. With this, let's wrap up our news for this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I will be back next week with some more news and morning mixtape. But until then, tune in tomorrow for more. It's CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. I'm Mariana Schuetze. Thanks for listening.